And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Well, with drought conditions in the Midwest, growers should consider scouting for spider mites. Nick Sider, University of Illinois Extension Field Crops Entomologist, explains. So anytime we start to see drought conditions in Illinois, we we start to think about spider mites, two-spotted spider mite in particular. This is a mite, it's an arthropod, it's an insect relative that does particularly well on drought-stressed plants, and we've got a lot of those right now. Spider mites are traditionally more of a problem in soybeans, but can also be a problem in corn. Cider says drought conditions are favoring spider mites. So I won't be surprised at all if we start to hear some reports of, of scattered damage over this next week or so. And if the drought continues to escalate, then we would be more likely to see issues with them. The first thing you might notice is an area of the field that has discoloration. Those leaves, when they're first affected, they start to turn a little bit yellow. It's actually stipling if you look closely enough at the leaf, but from a distance it's going to look yellow. And as that damage progresses, it'll turn more brown and necrotic. And what we typically see are isolated areas of that damage that, if drought conditions persist, will start to expand. Now, if you go in closer and look at the individual leaf, if your eyes are good, you might see the mites themselves. Probably you'll need a a hand lens to really see the mites. You'll also see the webbing they leave behind, coating especially these heavily damaged leaflets. He explains how farmers can control spider mites. Mites are not an insect. They're an arachnid. One of the consequences of that is a lot of insecticides don't do a very good job of controlling spider mites. We've got a relatively limited number of pesticides that we can use. A few insecticides, in particular bifenthrin and dimethoate, will have an effect on them. In both cases, you're not going to have any effect on the eggs at all, and the materials don't last very long. Um, So it, it might take multiple applications with a material like that to get good control. Um, we also have dedicated miticides, like a agrimec, a abamectin, for instance. There's a number of others as well. Those tend to be a little bit more expensive, but they will likely do a better job of control. And Cider adds rain is the best way to end a spider mite outbreak the quickest. So you do want to, if you're considering a pesticide, check the forecast. Um, If you've got a heavy rain coming, that's probably going to knock that back really quickly. If you expect drought conditions to persist um, and those affected areas in the field are starting to grow, you might think about using an effective pesticide. One thing to note here, to use just a a broad spectrum insecticide, like to use a generic pyrethroid, for instance, very often is going to do more harm than good. You won't touch the mites with that, but you will kill their predators. And again, that's University of Illinois Extension field crops entomologist Nick Sider. While much of the Southern Plains has been locked in a drought for multiple years, parts of Texas have been green again after spring rainfall. John Nielsen-Gammon is a Texas State climatologist who says it's a welcome change from drought. It definitely is. It's been kind of rough, but we do have large portions of the state out of drought at the moment. Things never work out ideally. For example, in the Texas Panhandle, 
Borger, Texas, has received twice their normal amount of rainfall for the year, but almost all of it came within a one-month period. So it went from too dry to plant to too wet to plant. And now with the high temperatures, it's causing a bit of stress on the crops, which hopefully will end soon enough that it won't cause much in the way of permanent decrease of yields, but we'll have to see. Certainly, we're better off than we were with substantial rainfall deficits. Even with the rainfall, parts of Texas are still dry thanks to a significant heat dome. Except for parts of North Texas has been fairly dry since early June, and the forecast for the next week or two indicates the continued dry weather. Fortunately, the heat dome is forecast to move off by this weekend, so we'll get into more of at least a tropical-type moisture pattern. So there'll be better chances for rain, but there's nothing substantial in the forecast as of yet. He says the almost two months of rainfall in Texas was beneficial, but most farmland still needs more to get fully recharged. This spring was somewhere around a month and a half to two months of fairly plentiful rain across most of the state. That hasn't eradicated the drought completely, but it certainly got things looking a whole lot better. He says some rain also fell to the north in Oklahoma. We've had a lot of rain in Oklahoma, too. At least most of the eastern part of Oklahoma is drought-free, but once you get up to the border with Kansas and Kansas itself, the drought is still pretty well baked in. And again, that's Texas State climatologist John Nielsen Gammon. And also, one farmer survived a PTO entanglement earlier this year and is now using the experience as a teachable moment for other farmers. And yes, it's true, your life does flash in front of you. Those words from Brent Pollard as he remembers the May 16th accident at his northern Illinois farm in Winnebago County. What happened was on the last load of our first cutting alfalfa silage that we were making, I went to turn off the PTO on the uh, chopper box and there was a break in the safety shield on the PT- over the PTO and when I went to go turn it off it uh, caught the hoodie I was wearing and then took all my clothes off and uh, threw me to the ground. Pollard says three factors were in play that day that led to near-fatal consequences. Uh, one was I don't normally wear clothing that's that large on me. It had gotten cold that night, so I put on a hoodie and to finish up. Uh, two, the safety shield shouldn't have been cracked. It should get replaced. It's one thing that you don't notice when you're not using the wagon. And unfortunately, uh, as farmers, we probably get in a little bit of a hurry and don't pay attention to that when we're doing the task that we're doing when we're farming. And the other thing that didn't help that day either is I hadn't been sleeping very well. And so I woke up that morning tired and was tired before we even, you know, started doing anything that day. And of course, when it comes to making hay, that's our highest yielding crop of the year. And so it was a very long day too on top of it. So I don't, I think all those three things came together, uh, to put me in a very dangerous situation. And in the end, Pollard escaped with only skin abrasions, uh, damaged glasses, and a damaged cell phone. Glad to hear he is okay and able to talk about that uh, entanglement with PTO and able to talk about it and teach others uh, about some of those dangers. So again, uh, great to hear that he is okay. And thanks to him for sharing his story. 
Well, we are out of time here on American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Have a great rest of your day.